and I'm going to be respected for my funny. And it's just certain things that I'm just not going to do. You know, I'm not going to sell my soul. I'm not going to use sex or, you know what I'm saying, to try and get my way in through the door. I'm going to be respected. I guess I should say this. I, tr- I tried to use sex, and it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to Hot Breath. <gasps> Joel Byers here, teeing up another winning Hot Breath episode. I'm excited, and you should be too, because we had another great five-star iTunes review from the one they call Bojangles Lova. Yeah, Bojangles Lova said, This podcast can be enjoyed by mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters. I love to listen sans pants, and the beauty of it is that I can. Love the insight you get into the comedy business and quality of the audio. Sticks and Witch made a fine choice sponsoring this. Move over, Mark Moron. You have company, and his name is joelbyerscomedy.com. When can we hear the tales of that young Jamie Ward fella? Oh, our first request, Jamie Ward, on deck. We'll get him on here soon. And I must also say thank you, Bojangles lover. And I should also just say our sponsor is actually pronounced Waxenwick. And they have a dope promo code 40 off Joel Byers to get 40% off any of their hand poured soy candles. Just hit up waxandwick.co to discover flavors like whiskey and fireside and my favorite blue pine. Mmm. They set the perfect hot breath environment. Alright, we'll work on that one. But. They're good. They're quality candles, and they're super cheap at 40% off. You can't really beat that. So, I mean, even if it's not for you, get a good gift. You know, it's quality. Just like the podcast. And just like today's episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we have another great guest. The one, the only, Ashima Franklin. This interview traces her inspirational career from comedy club waitress to selling out arenas as the queen of multiple Cat Williams tours. Miss Franklin gives us some first-hand behind-the-scenes on the current Cat Williams controversy, as well as her unknown performing arts background that prepared her for the big stage and how it's preparing her to open up her own performing arts school one day. Ashima is poised to become one of the nation's most recognized comedians and hot liberties. So caffeinate your ears with a hot breath. And Ashima Franklin. Get a bejesus out of you. <laughs> He's going to come down with his gun? Yeah, later on though. I'm looking forward to that. He's probably going to get police. That's why I was cruising the neighborhood and I'm like, well, these people are going to think I'm a snitch. 
<laughs> looking at me all weird. They're going to be looking at me all weird. I'm not better get no weed after you leave. <laughs> yeah, what was up with the white guy leaving your house earlier? They're going to think you're the plug. Right. Because me, me coming in here. They're going to think I'm the fucking snitch. Well, they might think you're the plug. They might think I'm the plug. Yeah. Oh, well, this is, yeah, that's yours too. This is mine? Well, I mean, to use, yeah. You speak into it, the microphone? Oh, I'm not familiar with one of these. <laughs> well, this is my first. Well, wow, this is your first microphone. Congratulations. Is it on? It is on, and we're, uh, we're moving. All right, we're moving. So let's see. Uh, you just talk into it? I am talking, talking into the microphone. I'm talking into the microphone. Nice. That sounds good. This will be good. Oh. So. So. Can you first please start off by saying your full name? Oh, my full name is Ashima Franklin, uh, a.k.a. Ashima Franklin. A.k.a. Skinny Fine. Fine and skinny. Ah, you know, I don't go by that anymore. Oh, you don't do Skinny Fine anymore? Well, I mean, I've grown a little. Oh, okay. You know, um, I can always tell when people have um, known me since the beginning of my career, because mm-hmm. that's when I was going by Skinny Fine. And yeah. then um, I started wanting to go by Ashima Franklin, just so it would be easier for people to find me. Oh, and my name okay. is already different in itself, so and it sounds so important. And you say Franklin like Benjamin. Franklin like Benjamin. Is what you say. Yes, that's what I say. That's what I say. That's one, that's one of the funny things about um, maybe being an amateur comic. You kind of come <laughs> up with your little dumbass names. But in the end, <laughs> when you get that deal maybe with yeah. NBC, I don't think it's going to be the Skinny Fine show. So people used to introduce you as Skinny Fine? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that used to be your stage name. Oh, yeah, that was my stage name. Yes. And that's what your dad called you when you were a kid? Um, that- yeah, 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 yeah. He, um, cause, because um, all the, the ladies in my family are like hippie and thick and uh-huh. full or whatever, and I'm skinny. And my dad used to be like, yeah, well, my baby's like me. She's skinny fine. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, I'm skinny fine. So, that was back in Mobile, right? That was back in Mobile in 83. 83. <laughs> back where it all, the, the roots were sown. <sighs> back where it all started. Back where the funny began, which began in my family. Is that where it all started? Like just growing up in a funny family? Yes, yes, yes. Like my my grandparents were funny, my cousins, my uncles, my aunts. Like all we like to do is get around each other and just laugh. Like come together, eat, drink, and laugh. Like that's what we do. We look forward to the laughing part of all of the holidays because everybody's just so damn silly. Well, when did the performing start? The performance started for me um, in elementary school. Okay. Yeah. um, I was a member of this organization called the Black Box Players, where we would um, would do stage plays or whatever. And I was also in, um, what was it called? Um, I can't believe I just drew a blank like that. It was something, BBP or something like that. But we would do stage plays, and mm-hmm. that's where it started for me. I've never been ashamed to get up or get on stage or talk in front of a crowd. Yeah, and you even went to like a performing arts high school, right? Mm-hmm. I went to performing arts middle school and high school. Oh. Well, I was in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just started in fifth grade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went to uh, Dunbar Magnet School where I was like the queen of the drama department. Like, wow. I volunteered to be in every play. If I didn't get picked like Joe, I would cry. <laughs> very dramatic. I was very, very, I was very dramatic. <laughs> and the drama teacher would be like, Ashima, the, the, the role is for a fat white guy you just can't do it 
Well, why can't I be a fat white guy? <laughs> you know, so um, I just wanted, like, if I just had to have a part, I had to have a lead part, you know. And if I didn't have a lead part, whatever part I had in whatever t- particular play, I was going to shine and make my part memorable. Well, I remember one thing you did that was memorable was uh, a 4-H incident, right? Oh, Where oh, yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, got yeah, disqualified yeah. a little bit yeah, later. Uh, that's when I was back when I was dancing to MC Hammer. Okay. And if you remember, MC Hammer did a lot of throwing uh, his, what you call this area right here? His hips? His hips and, okay. you know, pelvic area, whatever. Uh-huh. So uh, me and my friend, Kanika Killing, what's up, Kanika? <laughs> we were in a talent show. And we was dancing to let's get it started. Oh, and we were just like popping like really hard to be in the fourth grade. Like we were like fourth grade. Yes, like, like twerking pretty like much. Like twerking. We invented twerking and <laughs> throwing that pee, as they call it. But you made up for it by winning the cooking contest, right? With my cornbread. Mm. Now, when I think about that, that was kind of like the country shit my mom could have ever sent me. Like, usually, why she didn't why didn't bring brownies or cookies or cake? She sent me with her cat, which I had to bring her skillet back, right. her cast iron skillet to a baking contest. I think all the teachers had it in the teacher lounge. I think all the teachers ate it. Oh, uh, that sounds good. Yeah. If you're cooking some more. I won. You won off yes. the cornbread. And I'm cooking to this day. Is that always been a passion of yours? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of something I was brought up and raised to do. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandma was kind of like, if you ever want a man or a husband, you need to get in there and cook. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's why I really don't understand women that don't cook. I think they're useless. <laughs> <laughs> well, so cooking was always a passion. Was You always enjoyed comedy, but was stand-up comedy always a passion or just something that happened? No, stand-up comedy has always been a passion. Like, I used to uh, watch Def Jam and Mm -hmm. Comic View and um, anything that was relatable to stand-up comedy growing up or whatever. All of Martin's DVDs and, well, VHSs or whatever at the time. (laughs) Um, My my parents were, like, huge Richard Pryor fans. So, and, and... and watching comedy and raw comedy was never like something that was hidden for me. I could always watch whether mm. it was cussing or no cussing. Like I could always watch and I could always laugh. <laughs> and I just loved it. Like I used to practice um, Cheryl Underwood set, which was a very raw set. But her first set on um, Def Jam, I used to stand in my mirror and practice that set, and I knew that set wow. like the back of my hand, like all the time. So, do you remember? Do you remember any of the jokes that were raw? Uh, well, all of them. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, one of the main <laughs> ones was when um, she said she got she got caught sucking. I can I can cuss on the show. Yeah, you say whatever. Yeah, oh, okay. you're a shima. When she got oh, me, I am a shima <laughs> you, you didn't know raw. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know you. But she said that she uh, she lost her girlfriend and she got caught sucking her girl girlfriend's man dick uh-huh. and she was like and the bitch gonna get mad at me and i told the bitch the nigga said if he don't get some pussy soon he gonna leave your ass so i was being a friend to you bitch or whatever and i just thought that was so funny like how old are you saying this in the mirror oh uh, probably about 11 12 <laughs> so the bitch gonna get mad at me on the playground i told the bitch and the nigga said if he can't get your chocolate milk soon he gonna leave your ass <laughs> I'm switching it up. I'm going to school telling right. the joke and shit. So, yeah, that's so, funny. Is that why you moved to Atlanta for it a stand-up? Is. It is. It is. I, uh, well, actually, I got in a job with um, Airtran Airlines okay. as a flight attendant. That's how 
I moved. Like AirTran moved me to Atlanta. I was working. I was in the hotel business forever, mm-hmm. and I was working at the front desk. And I was checking in a recruiter for um, AirTran Airlines, and she was like, "You are so nice, and you're so beautiful, and I love your personality." I mean, I'm not making this up. And she was <laughs> like, "Have you ever been interested in being an airline steward?" And during the time, I was told by a few people, like, "Shim, you should be a flight attendant. You should be a flight attendant." So I was like, "Yeah, you know, somebody, you know, I've thought about it, whatever." So she was like, "Well." Look, I'm here to recruit people. Come by tomorrow at whatever time. Take the test. And if you pass the test, you know, you could come to Atlanta to a flight attendant training and become a flight attendant. And in a matter of months, I think maybe about... Four months later or whatever was when, you know, the job became available and AirTran moved me here. Wow. And can we, um, sorry, the TV was sure. making a little noise. I just want to, I want to engage. Yes, yes. Engage. Yes, yes, I see. So you came to Atlanta for the AirTran, but then how did stand up um, come into play? So, um... One of my friends took me, well, I never told anybody this. I failed the um, the final exam in flight attendant school. Mm. So I actually had to go back. But So I had went through the training for like six weeks, and I went back and changed one of my answers on the test. And which, which yes, I learned a, a good lesson that day to never second guess yourself. Because the answer that I had was the correct answer, but I'm not a good test taker. I changed one of my answers on the test, and so I did not pass. My whole family was coming up to see me graduate oh. and everything. Freaking sick, like to my stomach or uh-huh. whatever. Well, one of my friends took me to the comedy club to cheer me up. The Uptown? To Uptown okay. Comedy Club. And i never forget, it was Tony Roberts there. Mm-hmm. I had never been, I had been to a real life comedy show before, but I had never been in a comedy club. And I'm sitting in this comedy club and I'm paying attention to the show, but I'm also just looking around like, wow, like, this is what I want to do. This is like my environment. Like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm in a real life comedy club. <laughs> and so, um... I I came back to Uptown maybe about a week later and I got a job. Oh, cool! In Uptown or whatever, I met Mr. Craig. Mm-hmm. Told Mr. Craig who I was and that I wanted to be a comedian. And was it like could I waitress? And he was like, yeah. And he hired me on the spot. And so from that day, I became a waitress and I was kind of like understudying under Craig. Like Mr. Craig taught me how to write jokes. Mr. Craig taught me about the business of running a comedy club and the the business behind being a comedian. Wow. Yeah. And you must have learned from watching comedians while working as well. Oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. Because I've worked at Uptown for like over two years. And so I watched, I learned. I mean, I saw everybody. Like, everybody was coming to Uptown then. Like, not that they don't now, but Uh during this time, like, Uptown was like jumping. Like, they would have... Uh, two shows on a Thursday, three on Friday, three on Saturday, one on Jeez. Sunday. They were open like every day. So yeah, I networked and I watched and I learned and I, I um, created relationships. Mm-hmm. That's why once I started, I kind of already knew everybody. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, and it took me years to get on stage at Uptown. Like, I would sign up for the Amateur Night Joe and Nard would tell you this. Nard <laughs> and... Um, Oh, uh, I forgot the other comedian name on Wednesday night. I used to sign up, and they'd be calling my name, and I'd be running out the door. <laughs> instead of going up, you oh, would yeah, run out? Oh, yeah, instead of going out. I ran out, like, plenty of times. 
plenty of time. Griff. Griff had amateur night. Oh, okay. And no, I had an amateur night. I would sign up every week and, okay, I'm going up, I'm going up this time, I'm going up this time. Coming to the stage, Ashiba Franklin and my headlights <laughs> are at the Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you actually go up for the first time? Um... Okay, so uh, Pat Brown, mm -hmm. you remember Pat Brown? Mm -hmm. She, you remember she was one of the house MCs at the time, and so um, she put me up on the third show. First time I ever went up at Uptown was on the third show wow. on a Saturday night, which was probably at five a.m. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when maybe hardly nobody was there, but that was the first time I went on stage. And it went well? Uh, yeah, I think it went well enough for me to want to go back <laughs> on stage. Now, hold on now. That was the first time I ever went on stage at Uptown. Okay. The first time I ever went on stage was at Cat's Cafe. Oh. For okay. Carlos Miller's birthday roast. Wow. Yes. And I killed it. Mm -hmm. And anybody would tell you that. It was like... Probably like seven, eight years ago, yeah. Carlos had this raggedy-ass white van. <laughs> it was so raggedy, but all the comics knew about this raggedy-ass white van because everybody needed a ride or whatever. And so I started talking about his van. I was like, that'd be so raggedy. It looked like it run on pickle juice. And, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was dying. But that was the first time. And so I actually started um, in Cat's Cafe. Wow. Yeah, I would just go up there like every Tuesday, every Tuesday. They've been doing that Tuesday for years. Yeah. Because you and Carlos hit it off, so. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, yeah, it kind of started. And it's, that's hilarious. <laughs> so we're friends to this day, though. Yeah. <laughs> And both comedy powerhouses. Yes, yes, yes. And comedy, um, actually, I don't know how much you want to talk about that. I don't know. Is that secret? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not a secret. I oh, mean, I didn't know. I mean, like, everyone knows. Oh, well, that the first time I met you was at, at 255 Tapas, uh -huh. like doing comedy in a hallway down off Peter Street. It was right. a fat comedy show. And yeah, I, yeah. I think after I got off stage, you went, You're funny. And I was like, Oh, thank you. And you go, I'm a Shima. I'm, I'm Carlos's baby mama. And I was like, <laughs> All right. Nice to meet you, I guess. I don't <laughs> So you weren't just a sheep up there telling jokes? No, or? no. Oh, is that your stage name now? I didn't know. <laughs> oh, you go by Carlos's baby mama. <laughs> Was he there that night or something? He must have been. Oh, or maybe okay. you just said it just know. out of context. But you know, at, at, at a certain point in my career, um, people were were like, oh, you know her? Oh, Sheeman. People were like, who? Carlos, baby mama. Oh, You know what okay. I'm saying? So that's yeah. probably, I don't know, maybe that's why I was like, Carlos, baby mama. <laughs> yeah, I had to kind of be like, hey, you guys, I was a Shima Franklin for 28 years. And let's get it straight. Funny, hilarious comedian, Ashima Franklin. Because like you, when you were pregnant... You were on stage like the night before you even you had the kid, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did comedy the whole my whole nine months of being <laughs> pregnant. But I tell you, that was the fun. That was like one of my most fun times of doing comedy because you know I still was a Shima, and I mm -hmm. just think it really just made it hilarious that I was pregnant, and I had just the funniest pregnant jokes. Like you know, I used to crack about how excited I was about my boobs, and <laughs> you know, I might be sitting up there with a drink in my, but people might think it's a drink or whatever. But I'm definitely talking about I can't wait to have a baby so I could drink and smoke again or whatever. And, you know, I'm just talking about all the great privileges that I was getting from being pregnant. So it was cool. It was fun. Were there any boo stories when you were pregnant? Anybody ever boo you or anything? I've never been booed. Oh, period. Period. I'm going to tell you, it was one time where I felt a boo coming on. <laughs> 
and I vamoosed off stage. It was, uh, I was doing a uh, college show at Clark. And to be honest with you, I'm afraid of college shows to this day. Uh-huh. And so um, I'm up there and I'm, I'm actually talking about um, my life and uh, uh, adult life, not realizing that these are kids. Mm-hmm. They're not relating to me talking about, you know, struggles and being a baby mama and being this and doing this. You know what I'm saying? They're some college kids having fun. They want to talk about the nae and the, <laughs> the latest rapper and everything else. Uh-huh. And I just, I felt that boo coming on. I was like, soon as I did like my hitter joke at yeah. the time, which was the one that always hits. If nothing else hits, this one is a guarantee. <laughs> and when that guarantee was wah, 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 I saw Special K put his hand over his face like, Ugh. <laughs> and I was like, thank y'all so much for your time. My name is Sheila Franklin. You've been great. Thank you. And I ran off stage and I actually cried. Oh, for, you cried almost getting booed. There's yeah, I drama cried. Again. Yes, drama again. I mean, an active thing. But yeah, that was the first time I ever cried after her comedy show. And how long into your career was that? Um, maybe like within the first year. Within the first year. Okay, mm. so that happened. Yeah. But since then, you're now you know on to bigger and better things. You went from Clark Atlanta to now arenas, opening up for Cat Williams. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. I mean, how did that even come to be? Um. Well, I met Cat at Uptown. I was um, co-headlining with Barbara Carlyle. Okay. And um, we had been there. No, actually, it was me, Barbara Carlyle, and Shantae Wayans. And so we had been there the whole week. Cat came on a Sunday, um, which was open mic night or whatever. So um, I want to say, I think Daryl Down was hosting. And you know, open mic night, Cat Williams in the building. <laughs> you know, everybody went up and did they HBO yeah. special. Like, I thought I was never going to get on stage yeah. or whatever. But um, I remember being nervous, and I got up there, and I did my set. I wouldn't look at him, but I could kind of see him, like, in the corner of my eye. And I just remember, like, seeing him laugh at maybe, like, the first joke. And I was kind of like, oh, I got him or whatever. So I did my set, killed it. He came up to me after the show. Like I said, it was on a Sunday. He was like, um, you know, I got a tour that started on Wednesday. You funny as hell, and I want you to go on tour. And I was like, okay. And so he was like, my people going to come, get your phone number. They're going to call you tomorrow. I'm have you come down to my office, and we're going to work out the logistics. I'm like, okay. So I... Sure enough, his people come, they get my number. The next day, I'm like literally holding the phone like all day. Right, yeah. Like just <laughs> as quiet as a church mouse in the house or whatever. <laughs> and so um, he calls personally and tells me to come meet him at his office, which was in Atlanta at the time. And uh, yeah, he took me on tour. He called you like the funniest female comic he's ever seen, right? Yeah, he did. He said that too. He did, he did. And um, so he called me to his office and he was like, so um, I heard you say you had a baby. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, you know, if you want to, your baby can come on tour. And he was like, what do you need to leave on Wednesday? And this was so honest to me. I was like, I need to pay my rent. And I need a washer and dryer. And I did, I needed a washer and dryer uh-huh. so bad at the time. And Kat gave me like three, four thousand dollars. It was like take care of whatever it is you need to take care of and be at this spot at such and such time. She just gave it to you on the spot? Right there. Oh was it cash? Cash. <sighs> Avatars, hundred dollar bills. Crisp. <laughs> yes, it did. And um I paid my rent, got some show clothes, and got myself together. And I didn't take Ashton with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to go stay with grandma in Mississippi and kind of took care of that. And I was off on a hundred city tour. And how long have you been opening for him now? Because you went from 
just being like the first comic of the opening act to becoming the feature act mm -hmm. of the show. Mm -hmm. Like, how long have you been working with him? Uh, five years. This is this is five years later, and I can't I can't even believe it. It didn't dawn on me to this tour that it had been five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I did a uh, Pocalypse was yep. the first one, and I was featured on that DVD. And then we did um, Born Again. Then we did Gross Spurt, and then we did Priceless. And this last one I was on was Conspiracy Theory tour. And when did you start carrying his fur on stage? Um, I started carrying his fur maybe about two years ago. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. About two years ago. <laughs> two years ago, and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the one of the most fun part of the of the show. Um. Before then, he would um call all the comics up for like a curtain call mm -hmm. and he'd dap up everyone or whatever then he would kiss me. Oh, so you guys hit it off. Well Did like you a, hit it off? No, what? not like that. Like you know, like like a female, like this is the queen of the Oh, the whole thing. tour. Yeah. Are you the only female on the tour? Well I was the only female for the last two tours. Wow. No, the last three. The last three I was the only female. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> What is what has your experience been like? Um, well, actually, I should first ask about Cat Williams personally. I guess mm -hmm. just with, I mean, pretty much if you Google him, almost every year there's been something going on mm -hmm. on his rap sheet. Mm -hmm. I mean, just you being behind the scenes. I mean, is this is this something that's more in the public image that's kind of feeding this, or is I mean, is, is really his personality like how he is on stage and is really how he is off? Um, well, yeah, he is a different person off stage. We all are different people mm -hmm. off stage. Um, you mean as far as like the stuff? Yeah, I didn't really word it well. I was just trying to <laughs> figure out, I mean, like, what's up with Kat? What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, what are you asking me? Yeah, because you're talking to him on a personal level. You know, you're the queen of his tour. You know, what's what's going on here? Um, I, you know, I just think that people just sometimes go through personal things and they just handle them in different ways. You know, I um, some of the stuff that he that he's done. I may not personally agree with, and I just hope that he's just working on it and getting it together. Is it a surprise, though? Have you seen these like this kind of action firsthand? Um, I'm never around doing any of that action. Okay. I'm mostly around when I'm coming to work. <laughs> you know, when I'm coming okay. to get on stage. Uh -huh. um, whenever any of that other stuff is going on, I'm never there. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll plead the fifth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I w it wasn't me. I wasn't that. Yeah, it, wasn't, I it wasn't me. I, I saw the news just like everybody else. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, did you see the news? I, saw the news. <laughs> I, I was sitting at home on Instagram just like you. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I wasn't that. <laughs> right. So you being the queen of his tour, I would love to get your point of view as being a woman mm -hmm. in the comedy game mm -hmm. because I just spoke with... Uh, Lace Larrabee, she's a comedian who's worked with Roseanne and opened up with some powerful women. And she mentioned at least her experience on the, quote, mainstream side is that a lot of people come up after the show like, you know, I don't, I normally don't think women are funny, you know, but mm -hmm. you were funny. And mm -hmm. almost still like people having these low expectations for women. And right. is that true on the urban side of comedy as well? Uh, yeah, it is. It's just true um, just in, in the female comedy world, period. Mm -hmm. Um 
And 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 it's 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 extra harder on us because you know they want us to be a lady, and there's certain things they don't want to hear females talk about. And I just like to personally, I like to just be labeled as a comic. You know what I'm saying? Like I even hate for 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 when I see flyers and it's the all female review or the all female comedy show. When it's a man comedy show, it's just called a comedy show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and. <sighs> You know, I, I try not to, you know, because this subject kind of irritates me a little bit because, you know, just because I really don't like the fact that they are so hard on us or whatever. And that it is harder for us to kind of make it in this game, because to me, it kind of seemed like they only let one girl in at a time. It's never like uh, a bunch of us in at one time. Like you name the top comics in urban in the urban world, just period. You're going to have Kevin Hart. You're going to have Mike Epps. You're going to have Cat Williams. Um, you're going to have Eddie Murphy. And then when you start thinking about the females, then you're going to have um, Monique, some more. Um, but you don't, it's, it really hadn't been any newer female comics coming out. It seemed like we all are kind of underground right now. So what's been a personal experience of yours where you thought, like, this is your opportunity, but then you were held back? Um, I've been, t- you know, I've been told a few times uh, I might need to change, change my subject matter, change the way I am on stage. I refuse to change because if I change, I'm not going to be me. Mm-hmm. I feel like me being me has gotten me this far. Um, and it's just certain, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to say that I've just been held back, Joe. I just think I'm just going down a different path because I refuse to be held back, you know? Yeah. So, um, and it's just certain things that I'm just not going to do. You know, I'm not going to sell my soul. I'm not going to use sex or you know what I'm saying? To try and get my way in through the door. I'm going to be respected and I'm going to be respected for my funny. And that's just what it is, and for my talent. I was going to ask you, because you did, I remember when you first went on the Cat Williams tour, mm-hmm. when you would come back into town and perform, and you would make jokes about, you're waiting on the Illuminati. You're like, where's the Illuminati? Right. Right, 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 I'm right, ready right, for right. my ticket. Right, right. now, <laughs> I did say that. Now, I was doing that out in uh, out in L.A. a whole lot, but then I figured that that wasn't going to work, because, I mean, I, I I guess I should say this, I, tr- I tried to use sex, and it's not working. <laughs> 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 I should have said it the first time. No, there it you know, is. There's uh, the there clarification. Is, there's the truth right there. You know, I tried to use my body. I tried to use sex, and shit ain't working out there in Hollywood. It was just the wrong tr- people. Yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. I'm old school, but they don't seem to want the women out there in Hollywood these days. Oh no. Oh. That's why. I don't, you- don't want to say the wrong thing. I want to sit here and say it's just gay, but it's gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm old school. I tried. Uh-huh. I tried the Marilyn Monroe style, but it wasn't having it. That's very insightful. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, just be ready when you get out there, Joe. Oh, for the oh, for the gay stuff? Yeah, that's the only way you're gonna make it out there, Joe. Well, but I'm you not can out do there. it. I'm here. You can do well, it. I'm 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 staying in Atlanta. <laughs> I'm doing it my own way. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Right. Interviewing people like you. So you got your people listen to be like, Oh, who's that Joel guy? Maybe right. Right, maybe right. he needs to open up for Cat Williams. you're working with a lot of people. I saw you on Instagram with like Spike Lee mm-hmm. as well. What's going he, on there? Um, he directed and produced Priceless. 
Okay. Yeah, he directed and produced Priceless, which was, it was amazing to work with Spike Lee. Mm -hmm. Just to, I mean, it's just it's Spike Lee, you know, and yeah. um, just to gain a little knowledge from him and just to hear his insight on, you know, how what he thinks about your comedy, about your talent. And, I mean, it was always positive feedback from him. Positive feedback from Spike, positive feedback from Russell, you know. I've met a few heavy hitters out there in the comedy game and just in the entertainment world. And all of the heavy hitters are like, continue to be you, Ashima. Continue to be you. You got it. You're a star. You're going to make it. Just continue to work on your craft. Mm -hmm. and, and, and just, you know, know your voice. And that's one thing that I'm working on right now is learning my voice in this comedy game. Because, I mean, we do have a voice. We do have a voice where people are going to listen. So not only do I want to be up there making people laugh, I want to get my point across. I want to teach. You know, yeah. I want to give my advice about, you know, world events and motherhood and politics. I just want my voice to be heard and I want it to be heard in a positive light. So are you starting to steer away from like older material? Because I know, I mean, I've seen you perform numerous times and mm -hmm. it is the raw. Yeah. And you're talking about some explicit activities and you're acting them out. Mm -hmm. So are you now trying to veer away from that a little bit and get more like quote uh, like maybe more universal um i think i'm just mixing it a bowl in both yeah yeah because i mean because you know no matter what like i was at the um atlanta comedy theater the other night and it's more of a kind of um some, not, i don't know my mainstream room but um very mixed it's mixed yeah yeah it's mixed sure. it's definitely not as urban as um as uptown is uh -huh. so um i wasn't as raw as i usually be but no matter what how mainstream or universal i can get on stage i'm still gonna she franklin's gonna come out yeah. in there at some <laughs> point and they all and they love it you know it's like mm -hmm. whenever i do sneak it out you know what i'm saying and when i do do it they love it the main thing the one thing i've learned joel is all i gotta do is get on that stage as long as they like me I can get away with saying whatever the hell I want Okay, that's it long as they see that it's natural and they like me that's the first thing that I get on stage and I try to let it be known once I do that I can say whatever the hell I want to say is there a part of you from a marketing standpoint that maybe wants to maybe just maybe round out the edges a little bit and not be so explicit and vulgar mm, maybe I mean, it's your personal opinion. I was just wondering if there's something inside of you, like maybe for marketing or just, you know, to be able to perform in front of any crowd. Well, I can't perform in front of any crowd. But it, it can't turn people off going that far out there. Um, I can perform in front of any crowd, Joe. So you don't feel the need to smooth it out at all? Uh, well, I mean, I guess I just kind of read my crowds. Mm -hmm. You know, I can tell because I don't want to scare them. You right. know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. want to get out there and be, like, and be like, oh, my God. So I guess what I do is I guess I just kind of read the crowd. So I guess maybe sometimes I may tone it down and maybe not be as in their face, uh -huh. you know? Because, I mean, I've done, like, church shows. I've done schools. I may not prefer to do those, uh -huh. those shows, but, I mean, I can do them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just wondering. I didn't know if that was something going on in your head as far as, like, saying being a woman – you know, you can only get so far at this point. I didn't know if being that blue as well is like another kind of, you know, hindrance in right. getting to where you want to be. Maybe, maybe sometimes it can be. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I haven't heard that. 
but I am just so like I just want to make my own mark in this, you know, mm-hmm. and be a Shima. I don't have to be like anybody else. I just want to be a Shima and leave my own legacy in this, and that's doing it my way. So what it what is the mark you want to leave? The impact. Yeah. Um. Just, just, I just want to be able to provide opportunity, opportunities for other comics. I want, um, I just want to be known as one of the greats. And that's, that's pretty much it. And to be able to um, go into acting and do my movies. I want comedy to take me to movies, my own sitcom, my own late night show. Like I want to do it all. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. um, I would love to have my own comedy club. I would also like to have my own school to teach performing arts. That's like one of my main dreams is to have my own performing arts school. So, yeah, I want the Ashima Franklin uh, performing arts. And I just want like children and younger people to to know that you can pursue and follow your dream. That's very inspiring. Yeah, you can. And never let anything, like anybody hold you back. Like, I just, I this is my dream. I used to always tell my, my mom and my family, I'm going to Hollywood, I'm going to do this and do that. And not that they wasn't encouraging because they was, but, you know, sometimes when you, I was born and I was raised to, so like, you got to get an education and you got to go to college. And if you don't go to college, you're just not going to make it in this world. Mm-hmm. And um, and I come from a family of educators and, you know, a lot of people in my family went to college, but that just was not my role. That was just not the role that I wanted to do. I wanted to be an entertainer, and I was going to do that by any means necessary. Did you go to college? I did not. Not at all? No, nah, and I caught hell for it. Oh, really? Oh, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. No, no, like Nobody understood me doing this until I did it, and until I was doing it. You know, they used to call me the Denise in the family because I never really could make my mind up. And I would work all these jobs and whatever. I never had a problem with getting a job. But I just, I knew I just did not want to go to college. I did not want to go to school. I wanted to do something else. And it's working out. It is. You could say that. It is. And you have, you mentioned acting a little bit. And you have done a little bit of, I guess, film. Mm-hmm. Was, was there like a documentary you were a part of at one time? Oh, uh, Cracked Up. Was it Cracked Up? With Doodoo Brown? Yeah. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, yeah. We were working on a documentary. We actually didn't finish it. It was actually a funny, um, it was a funny show. It was me, Janet Dollar, mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, Angela Miller? Angela Miller, or whatever. It was about addiction, right? Yeah, but see, I didn't have an addiction, or whatever. My, my um, the thing that I overcame was not finishing school. Because oh. I didn't even, I didn't finish high school. And a lot of people don't know that. Unfortunately, I was kicked out of high school for defending myself with a weapon. I was supposed to graduate, but I didn't. And they tried to send me to alternative school mm-hmm. or get my GED. And that was like something that I hid from for a long time. Because even though I knew I wasn't going to go to college, me not graduating high school was devastating. Yeah. And I was embarrassed about it for years. Like I would lie on job applications and everything. And so um, that was the that was my thing that I talked about was you know overcoming that which was something big for me which still is and still being able to continue but not that I am promoting not graduating from high school. No, was that senior year that that happened? Mm-hmm. Like second semester, like almost about to graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like yeah, like second quarter. Wow. Yeah. 
and I bought a knife to school. I've never been a fighter. I, I never could fight. I mm-hmm. cannot fight. And um, I went to a school, and I just got into it with some girls, and they were threatening to jump on me. And I was like, you're not going to jump on me. I'm going to bring a knife to school. And I got kicked out. Yikes. Which was very unfortunate. So then I... Um, I didn't. I didn't want to go to alternative school, so the only other thing was to get my GED, which I actually was sitting in a class at Bishop State with all these adults. Here I am, 17 years old, and I'm sitting in a class with 30 and 25 and 40 year olds trying to learn to take a test that basically is the test from K through 12. Wow. And I, I actually I took the test and I passed the first part of the test and I needed to go back and do the math again and I just never did go back. Oh, so you never even got the GED. You think you would like to one day? Is that I another would. goal? I would. Yeah. Yes, I would. Have you had any other events like that at the school? Like an outburst like that? Never. I've not, mm-hmm. I've never been in trouble like that. Uh-huh. Not you know for fighting, uh, class clowning, maybe you know not talking. But at my school, I was always cool with teachers and the principal or whatever. But at this particular school, I was a new student at this school or whatever. But no, I've never like suspended from school or nothing like that. I wasn't a troublemaker. What about after school though? Like if the, if the temper was something that maybe has been a thing, has it? No? Me having a temper? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know if you brought a knife to school. I didn't know if you oh, brought no, a knife I somewhere that, else. I bought that just to defend myself at okay. that time. Cool. And, you know, girls were just wanted to fight me just because I was all cute with these big boobs. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't like trying to pick a fight. I think I was like, hey, guys, I don't want this. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was just poking a little bit to right. see if like, oh, right. does Ashima have an anger? Oh, no, no, no. I don't think so. We asked the boyfriend. Does yeah, he, know? Like, he might. Like, he might. It's <laughs> 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 just crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, before we get out of here, um, is there anything else you want the world to know? Um, Just to be on the lookout for me, I am doing that. um, I'm going to do that new Kevin Hart show that's going to be on Comedy Central. Oh, the one that yeah, the one that they came down or whatever, because he's going to be coming back to film some more. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm really excited about that. And um, I'm also working on the D.L. Hughley show. Um, I'm doing his blog, which is the the D.L. Hughley blog. That's going to be on his website or whatever. Where we'll be talking about different scenarios or whatever. I just did a photo shoot with Pierre for that. Mm -hmm. I'm also doing Pierre's sketch comedy show. Still working with Russell Simmons on ADD. I'll be going out to California soon to... Continue to work with Russell on some stuff. And, and what is that? that? All Def Digital. Oh, okay. That's what. Yeah. Okay. I've you seen know, I worked for that. All Def Digital last year. Oh, and just doing stand-up or creating content Um, Creating well? content. Um, I kind of wrote and directed some of Dr. Reason's stuff. I was kind of like the funny approval over there. What? Yeah, so if you look up some of the ADD stuff, I did stuff with King Karan. I did some of my own projects, Ashima Franklin, Breaking Into Hollywood, uh-huh. all that. Wow. It was pretty cool, too. I, I love working for ADD. The only reason why I kind of stopped was because I went back out on tour. So I'll be looking to go back out to California soon to get back with my ADD family. I miss them. Wow, I, you're getting behind the scenes a little bit more. Yeah. Because you want to you be pulling the strings as well. Of course, of course. And um, I co-hosted the drop. Like, if you look on ADD's um, mm-hmm. website, any show that's like talk show that they have, I was either guest on it or I co-host it. 
Long as long as I was in that office and they needed an extra face on something, I was like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> and it's just so much fun. It's a it's a fun group of people to work with. Everybody's so funny and positive, and Russell is just one of the most positive, smart, intelligent men, businessmen I've ever met. And he loves comedy. Is there any is there any morsel you could take away from Russell you could maybe share with the Listeners, because I've 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 heard many of his quotes and everything, but I didn't know you working one on one with him. If there's anything you just learned that you've been able to apply, just positive energy. Uh -huh. He's all about positive energy. He's all about um, just the universe and and speaking things. And he's very 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 spiritual. And I think if you do carry around positive energy and high spirits and whatever it is you believe in, things will happen for you. Yeah, and just you cannot worry about what someone else is doing. You cannot worry about what the other man is doing in the race. Just worry about yourself and just run your race. You do. You have to. You have to go on your path because you could. You would just wreck your mind to death worrying about oh this person got that and oh this person got that and why aren't I doing this and why aren't I doing that? Mm -hmm. Just continue to work on you and your craft, and everything else is gonna fall in place. Well, it's falling into place for you. That's for sure. Well, thank you thank so much you. for thank being you. on here. Thank you so much, Joe. I love you. Um, uh -huh. I hope we get a chance to do some shows together. I think the last time we worked was when we were in, was that in Macon? Oh, man. Was oh. it with Timothy? Yeah. Oh, that was, um, yeah, Macon at the Douglas Theater. Was it the last time we had a show together? I think so. I yeah. remember you headlined, and that was that was the first time I saw you like I'd seen you in like smaller clubs like Cats and whatnot, and mm -hmm. but this was you in a theater, and there wasn't that many people there, mm -hmm. but you brought the show to them. That was my first time seeing you. Like, oh, she's a performer. Like you created the show because I struggled. This was a few years ago, so it's you, you bombed. Know, yeah, I didn't bomb. No, no, no. <laughs> just playing. It was it was just very just even. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I sustained an even bomb. I sustained. <laughs> yeah, I'm just playing. You didn't. Bomb, I bombed by today's standards for sure. <laughs> but it like because I didn't know how to generate the energy for the crowd. Like if it, if they're not bringing it to you, you got to figure out how to pull it out of them. Mm -hmm. And you pulled it out of them, and that was when I was like, oh wow. So that's that's the work. Yeah. That's what being on stage a lot is, is just seeing you be able to elevate the level regardless of what the audience is like. Right, right. And that's yeah. what you have to do, like, in any show. I'm going to come, and I'm going to give you 100%. Yeah. Whether it's 100 people or two people in the crowd, we're going to have fun. I'm never going to get on stage and slack and not give a show. And I'm just going to, like I say, I, once, once I get you to like me, it's over with. <laughs> you give me that smile. I give you that that like me smile. Give me that like me smile. Right. That like me smile works. Well, let the people know your social media so they can like you. Right. Um, you can <laughs> like me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, mm -hmm. and Instagram. And everything is my name, Ashima Franklin, at Ashima Franklin. That's A-S-H-I-M-A, Franklin like Benjamin. Boom. Boom. Thank you so much, Ashima I'm going to get on Snapchat soon. People keep telling me to get on Snapchat. Oh, yeah, but it goes down in the DM. It goes down. You were <laughs> up in my DM. That's why I'm sitting right here. That's why you're in the, <laughs> my living room, because you was in my DM. <laughs> we made it. Yeah, we're in the living room now. The boyfriend cooking for us? Yeah, we right. made it in here. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, man. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> That's, That's good. Well, thank you so much. This has been... I'm, I'm thrilled that you had time to sit down and talk to me. You're doing a, so many great things, and I'm glad it all started in Atlanta comedy. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Ashima Franklin. Welcome, Joe right. Byers in the building. Woo. <laughs>
I was very impressed with all the homework you had did on me. Oh. Bringing up some shit I didn't want to talk about. I was like, hold on, scratch that out. That's been eight years ago. What has you been? Did you Google me? What the hell is going on? <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah, that was cool. I was very impressed with your homework. Thank you. Good. No, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Ashima and all my hot brethren and sister in listening. I've been getting a lot of great feedback on social media and even in person, and I encourage you to share these feelings on our iTunes page. It only takes one minute out of, what, your 24-hour day? And you can be one of the three left until we hit 100 reviews. You can also go to waxandwick.co. No, you can. You will. I would love for you to, I should say. Hit up waxandwick.co. They're our sponsor, and they've provided a promo code 40 off Joel Byers to get 40% off one of their handcrafted candles. So please support them as you support us. You know, we also have some hot bread shirts for sale if you're interested. You know, you can always just hit me up on social media at Joel Byers Comedy or at Hot Breath Pod. But thank you for your support. And thank you to my engineer, Amon Garner. You can hit him up on Facebook for any of your audio needs. I know there's a few other podcasts around starting to use him as well. And also thank you to the theme song composer and my lady, Erin Rogers. She's on social media, at Erin A. Rogers. And now, it has come the time. I've been JoelByersComedy.com. And we'll see you next Monday on Hot Breath. Oh, oh.